Now this news is reporting. California became the first state to a to adopt a law mandating the study and development of proposals for reparations. Assembly Bill 3121 authored by Assembly Member Shirley Weber received bipartisan support and was signed into law by California Governor Gavin Newsom on Wednesday. The law establishes a nine-person task force to study the lasting impact of slavery on black people in California. The task force develops and makes recommendations on reparations that the state could issue to black descendants of slaves and those affected by slavery. The group will also relay best practices on educating the public about the history of California's role in slavery. California was founded as a free state in 1850, more than a decade before slavery was abolished in 1865. However, fugitive slave laws and other legislation created loopholes that punished formerly enslaved people and allowed residents to continue to enslave people if they had purchased those people before statehood. It's a new day. It's a new day. See if there's any more good news to report. We'll scroll past most of it because uh, uh, not gonna find a heck of a lot.
Barack Obama posted five hours ago last night I surprised a group of first-time poll workers at the NBA Finals. These more than a vote volunteers are stepping up to make sure this election runs safely and fairly in their communities and you can too by signing up to vote to volunteer at more.vote forward slash next That's going to be one heck of a, a day to see, to be alive. Whew. Now this news is reporting September 30th at 9.25 a.m. The Biden campaign raised a reported record $3.8 million between 10 and 11 p.m. Eastern Time yesterday during a messy first presidential debate, according to a campaign official. Biden campaign broke single-hour fundraising record during debate. Ooh, that's really good to hear. Mm -mm. And we send condolences to Kuwait for the loss of their Emir, Emir Sabah, Al-Sabah, recently passed away. He was characterized as a peacemaker, a mediator between disputes all over the Middle East. He must have really been a, a great man. And may he receive all the rewards of his wonderful life, of all that he's earned. May he receive the maximum. Many condolences to his family friends in to Kuwait. Thank you, Kuwait, for visiting the show. This show is an even bigger fly on, a, on the wall that Kuwait has visited, but this show 
that you're now listening to is get your last chat on with Su Yang. So Kuwait may not may not receive the message. But still we wish the people of Kuwaiti, the Kuwaiti people. Comfort in their time of loss. They lost a great leader. Heat is a, still a little miserable <laughs> at 8.19 p.m. in the evening. The heat is still unbearable. The air is still very polluted. And uh, it has to get better. It can only get better. But we were advised to back off of using the electric grid until after 10 p.m. not to overuse it not to do the laundry and run your electric items before 10 p.m. and frankly it's so hot that not people would want to run not many people would want to run uh, a washer and dryer in this heat. <laughs> no, not hardly. Whew. Well, we are still very fortunate, so uh, we just need to stay near water, stay hydrated. Oops. Stay hydrated. Find that water glass real quick. And uh, it's so easy to forget when um, the heat slowly <laughs> sneaks up on you. So it's sort of uh, sneaky. You, one minute you're okay, and the next minute you're dehydrated. Because it, it can jump up 20 degrees without you really noticing it. It's um, just a little sneaky type of, of deal where excuse me it's a sneaky type of thing where it's just oh comfortable one minute and then you you're feeling bold oh you can deal with this and then all of a sudden bam it hits you right in your face 
Yeah, so that kind of thing, it just will dry you up in a minute and you won't even, you won't have time to come back quick enough before the damage is done. But of course, most people would know if, if it's 90 and 100 out there, you have no business, <laughs> no business out there unless it's absolutely necessary. And then there's a, you know, a lot of things you can do to protect your skin, your eyes. Yeah, you have to make sure you protect your your skin, your eyes, stay hydrated. And if you have to be out in that extreme heat, you need a plan. You need to make sure you have the day before have frozen bottled water in the freezer. Then when you leave home, you take a, a several, as many as you can, frozen bottles of water and let it melt while you're out in that heat so that you're constantly supplied with cold water. It's just, it's a lot of adjustments that you need to make to be out there in that, that kind of extreme heat. Only the firefighters can really tell you about it. The police, the firefighters, all the first responders, the essential workers. Oh, we owe them a debt we'll never be able to pay. Ah, that's why it's... Uh, it's one thing to say defund the police, but are the people going to really be able to live with the consequences? Who knows? It's, uh, <laughs> as it is, even some of the biggest and uh, departments and some of the so-called well-supplied departments It may sound like a lot of money when you hear they have several million dollars. It's not as though that money is just laying around. It's gone before they ever get it. And some of their budgets have been in the red for so long that they're playing catch up. Once they receive a lifeline, they're playing catch up. So to take away uh, people don't really understand. They don't understand. If they want to uh, cut life-saving services to masses, to the masses of people, then that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. No, it's the. That's not even addressing the systemic racism and other 
problems that exist, you take away whatever funds they have. How are they going to be able to pay people to do the job of weeding out? You know, all of this takes uh, staff and resources. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's nice for people that make a quarter of a million dollars or 300000 500000 a year. It's uh, kind of nice for them to sit in, in their air-conditioned offices, air-conditioned luxury cars, air-conditioned air conditioned homes and talk about cutting or defunding the police. That's easy for them because they have no way of relating to uh, the sacrifices that the, the civilian and sworn employees make in the police department. They're basically on 24-hour call, and they're happy to do it. They would gladly give more. But if they work 24 hours or 25, 6, then they're accused of not working enough. <laughs> you see, so it's a thankless, no-win position to be in. Mm, you see... So do you want to punish everyone, the real professional people, just to reach to the one that needs to be weeded out? Maybe you do. If you're making 300000 400000 500000 it will never affect you. You can pay for private policing for your home, for your family. You see, but the majority of us, we need the police. And we're happy to pay our, see our tax dollars go toward public safety. We need that. We just don't want any citizen to be abused. Nobody wants that, including the professional police officers, so. You see, there's a, there's two sides to the coin. Another side to the issues. And that's uh, just one side. I won't call out the, the people that I read about today that are in these high ivory tower positions with these huge salaries and they're really going after the police. They're entitled. They're entitled. And this is a free country and they could they can surely take that position, but they should know about this young man. <clears throat> this post was dated September 28th at 4.53 p.m. 
Delante West is a former NBA All-Star and a former millionaire, millionaire, former millionaire. He has had very publicized issues with addiction and mental health. He was recently photographed bumming change outside of a gas station. Hopefully, that changes after Mark Cuban personally picked him up at that gas station to take him to treatment. When Cuban was informed about the situation, he immediately jumped in his car to go get him himself to go get him himself. He could have sent someone, but he wanted to make sure that Delante knew that he had support. He wanted to make sure he got in the car. He wanted to make sure he got the help that he deserves. A man worth billions of dollars dropped what he was doing to put himself out there personally when he never had to be involved. So what is your excuse? That was well written. That was well written. And I won't use the writer's name without their permission. Some people are are skittish about that. But Mark Cuban is is a good man. He's demonstrated that many times. I have to scroll right past this, uh, these posts about these white supremacist groups. That Trump refused to, refused to speak to them except to tell them to stand by. going to get burnt.
That's what the old folks used to tell us, and they were never, never wrong about that kind of stuff. the good news with that part we'll keep checking for it in another space Here's an online doctoral program, info.ncu.edu. Not really familiar with this North Central University. It's just something that is sponsored by the university. They just send it along to your Facebook. Some of us were around to remember the Thriller in Manila. This Black History Mini Docs posted two hours ago. Remembering the Thriller in Manila, the third and final boxing match between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, the heavyweight champion of the world, took place at the Araneta Coliseum in Cubao, Quezon City, Philippines. Quezon City, Philippines, on Wednesday, October 1st, 1975. What would become one of the most memorable fights in boxing history. Ali won by technical knockout, TKO, after Frazier's chief second, Eddie Futch, asked the referee to stop the fight following the end of the 14th round. The fight's Name was derived from Ali's rhyming boast that the fight would be a, quote, a killer and a thriller and a chiller. <laughs> when I get that gorilla in Manila, <laughs> end quote, the bout is consistently ranked as one of the best and most brutal in the sports history and was 
the culmination of a three-bout rivalry between the two fighters that Ali won two to one. The fight was watched by a record global television audience of one billion with a B, one billion viewers, including 100 million viewers watching the fight on closed circuit theater television and 500,000 pay-per-view buys on HBO home cable television. <laughs> oh, Ali. Oh, my. And those two, they were really good friends. They would travel around the states together and train together and go to the gym. And they, I mean, they were good buddies, but you never know it the way Ali promoted that fight. He just, you know, <laughs> he would scold and taunt and just go on and on. Oh my goodness, he called Joe Frazier all kind of bad names and, <laughs> and bad descriptions. And, oh boy. Ali. Mm -mm. Here's another online university. California Southern University. I guess they offer undergraduate. You can start your degree right now and put yourself on a path to a better future. Classes start every month and you could be on your way to a new stable recession-proof career in just months. Affordable degrees, 100% online. Yeah, that sounds good. I still don't, I don't really know anything about these. These are just ads that are on Facebook. They just show up. Well, Serena, Serena Williams had a birthday <laughs> this week, and she's, I guess she's in her 40s by now. She's so active, it's hard to tell. Black History Mini Docs. Again, on September 30th, 1919, in the town of Elaine in Phillips County, Arkansas, in the Arkansas Delta, the Elaine Massacre took place 
it was by far the deadliest racial confrontation in Arkansas history and possibly the bloodiest racial conflict in the history of the United States. At the time, many African-American sharecroppers had not received their share of wages and they wanted to join the progressive farmers and household union of America. Oh yeah, Denzel Washington was in a movie called The Great Great Debaters and you saw part of that. It was a really good movie. At the time, many African-American sharecroppers had not received their share of wages and they wanted to join the Progressive Farmers and Household Union of America. Also, the early years of the 20th century were the time of, quote, red summers end quote, violent years after Reconstruction. The white citizens of the town thought the society was trying to persuade the sharecroppers to create violence. That month, union members met near Elaine under armed guards, two armed white men, one a deputy sheriff, the other a railroad worker, showed up and a fight developed. Both men were shot and a railroad worker was killed. For two days, several African Americans and white citizens of the area were killed in fighting. The fighting ended when Arkansas's Governor Charles Brew brought in United States soldiers to contain the violence. At the end of the violence, 65 African Americans were brought to trial. Twelve were sentenced to death and the others appealed to higher courts. Scipio Jones, an African-American lawyer from Little Rock, helped to fight for justice for the accused at Elaine. He received assistance from the then newly formed National Association for the Advancement of colored people, NAACP. As a result, the rest of the condemned men were set free and the governor brought black and white citizens together for discussion on problems between the races. No clear-cut answer for the violence was ever found.
some of these information was taken from aaregistry.org. Little by little, this history informs people who want to know what it was like before we were born and what it was like for our ancestors. We know that they were traumatized, suffered, harassed, murdered, lost their uh, their spouses, they were murdered by the police and the police would write a report that said it was a suicide. The coroner would write a report to say impossible, no one could shoot themselves in the head and a through and with a through and through bullet that comes out of the back into the front of the skull without shattering the skull. But the police would still insist, the coroner is wrong, we're right, this is a suicide, we didn't kill anyone. It actually happened to my great-grandfather and at that time there was nothing, no safety nets for my great-grandmother. She was just left with my grandfather, his siblings, there had to be around five I think, five or more children, small children. She was just, she was just uh, such a determined woman. She did so much, so much. She not only survived, but she thrived. But that's just one of many stories that I could tell you or any African American or frankly any American it's just <laughs> you're just not in the African American community this is this these stories are equal opportunity stories you you'll see it in the history as a matter of fact there's um Still, some of it that's some of the discrimination against some of the the so-called white or Caucasian people in the Appalachian areas, in say the Virginia and other areas in the Midwest or the East Coast, it's so horrendous. I can't even talk about it. It just 
is so shocking and upsetting. I could never talk about it. When I was a child and I saw the pictures of neglect and, and uh, abuse, it's just something oh. And as, a, as an adult today, I, I can't talk about it. It, it would just rip your heart out. It just, you know, unthinkable how anyone could treat people, human beings, that way because of class or race or ethnicity or country or politics. I mean, everybody's human. You know, it's just... Once you stoop to the level, some low level, to treat human beings like that, and to my mind, you just defined yourself as a non-human. You defined yourself. I wouldn't embarrass the animals. You haven't. You haven't even leveled up to be called an an animal. It's just. It was something, like I said, I can't, it just takes all my wind out of my body just to try to talk about that. It's just hor horrendous. Oh, what is this? Oh, two days ago, well, it's not new news, but Kentucky. AG admits homicide charges were never presented. Oh, oh. This is the AtlantaBlackStar.com. Kentucky AG. Oh, this is, this is going to be a long one, so... This will take a whole new segment because people, you know how this really, <laughs> this really gets me, gets my mojo to working and my brain to working. So I will need more than just 10 minutes for this before it's over. But um, this story is too interesting. So I'll end this segment and start another segment. And thank you for listening. Appreciate every last one of you. Okay, take care of yourselves.